Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Melissa C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. Today is Friday, October 2nd, 2020. This is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we're on page 9, fifth paragraph, I Was Aghast. And we'll be reading one paragraph only. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, we're going to have Nosa J. For the 12 traditions, Stacy H. Readers of the text are Matt F., Susan H., and we've got Tenzin P. on standby. Our newcomer greeter is Jason K. And the host for the second hour is Russ M. Okay. The reference numbers for yesterday, for Thursday, October 1st, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, was 15463. That's 1563. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting was 15465. That's 15465. Okay, the OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. Our fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Nosa J. to read the 12 Steps. Good morning, Nosa. Good morning, everyone. This is Nosa J., Recover Compulsive Overeater. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, 
except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Have a great day. Uh, thank you so much, Nosa J. I will now ask Stacy H. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. Hi. This, good morning. This is Stacy H. And here's our 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you for letting me do service. Thank you so much, Stacey H. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share. But we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Okay, so today we resume our study of the big book and we're on page nine, we're on the fifth paragraph, I was aghast. We'll be reading one paragraph only 
And I will now ask Matt F. to begin reading. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Melissa. This is Matt J.F. living recovered in Kentucky. I was aghast. So that was it. Last summer, an alcoholic crackpot. Now, I suspected, a little cracked about religion. He had that starry-eyed look. Yes, the old boy was on fire, all right. But bless his heart, let him rant. Besides, my gin would last longer than his preaching. You know, when I first read this paragraph, I, I didn't, I didn't find much to identify with in it. You know, I, I grew up without religion, and I don't have a huge judgment of it. But also, I never really had anyone approach me about anything like this program in this way. People approach me about religion, and I guess I probably reacted a little more charitably, but uh, in the same vein. What struck me, though, was um, if we go back to yesterday's reading, when it said the door opened, he stood there fresh-skinned and glowing. That's a much more sort of open-minded and honest assessment of what he saw. And then the second that I could imagine his disease felt like it might be under attack, it came roaring up. And this paragraph really sort of epitomizes contempt prior to the investigation. And once I realized that, I really did identify with it because um, although no one ever approached me for me to be contemptuous of, um, I knew enough about 12-step programs to have an opinion about OA uh, that lasted right up until February 23rd of last of 2019. And that opinion, in so many words, was that it was BS, except I didn't say BS. And uh, so I, I really do identify with that contempt prior to investigation. Um, and I certainly don't believe it's BS anymore. I wouldn't be on this call this morning. I wouldn't be calling myself recovered. And I wouldn't have anything like the kind of happy life that I have. Uh, Not even that it's happy, just that it's content and serene and peaceful so much more than I ever was before. And I'm incredibly grateful for that. That I pass. Well, thank you so much for getting us started, Matt F. Okay, so before I open up the lines for sharing, um, I'm going to remind us all that although we value your experience, we do ask that you limit your share to every third day. So if you shared Wednesday or Thursday um, at any of our meetings, we ask that you hold back in order that others might share their experience too. So um, with that, if you could tell me your name, I will write you down as best I can. Lisa B. Susan H. I heard Lisa B. And Susan H. Susan H. Sally A. Sally A. Who else would like to share this morning? Colleen M. Colleen M. M. And as in Nancy? Yes, ma'am. Got it. Ginger C. 
one more. Christine M. Christine M. Okay, great. We're going to stop right there. And I'll tell you who we got. We got Lisa B., Susan H., Sally A., Colleen N., Ginger C., and Christine M. So, Lisa B., good morning. Would you get us started? Good morning, Melissa. Thank you so much for your service and for everyone that's here. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. I do spell my name L-E-S-A. Um, when I came to this program, I was so disappointed when I saw on the wall the steps God, and I started hearing uh, some mention of spirituality, religion. And I really like the word spirituality, you know, more than religion, but I kind of interpreted the group as a religious group. And I just didn't want to hear that. I was so disappointed and it became a conflict for me. But the attraction drew me in. I was drawn in because I I saw people that seemed to be happy and free. And, you know, one BSer could sniff out another BSer, and I could tell that there was sincerity and there was a genuine effect that had taken place in their lives. And I saw it in my brother, who was a sick and suffering drug addict, who was changing before my eyes. Um, And when I came to OA, I knew that that was going to be there because I had been around 12-step programs before. And I had so many old conceived ideas. I didn't even know I had these preconceived ideas. And I realized that my biggest fear was if I really surrendered everything, which I know the program was asking me because I could see that on the wall. And I read the steps, surrendered my life to this higher power. I was so afraid that I would have to become boring and maybe like a nun, you know? And when I met recovered compulsive over ears and I had a real understanding of what my step one problem is and that I was hopeless. I was in a rock between a rock and a hard place. And I thought I have nothing to lose, but just try this. And when I look at the promise on page 100, you know, that when I put my life truly in this power's hands, it turns out so much better than anything I could have realized. And I didn't know that when I'm in step two, I don't need to know what that relationship's going to look like, that that happens really in step 11, but it's really that process of excavating, you know, uncovering, discovering, discarding through the steps that this new relationship appears and it's different than anything I ever imagined. My mother was very strict religious person because it had saved her life and I'm happy for her, but she really tried to cram it down my throat. And I was so afraid of you guys doing that to me and, that never happened. You know, it's a private experience that happened inside of me. And then it spills out over into all areas of my life. And the benefit is I'm free. I'm free in every way, you know, and I just wanted to share that. So it does pass. Thank you so much, Lisa Bay. Next up, we've got Susan H. And Susan will be followed by Sally A. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. Thanks for your service. This is Susan H. in Ohio. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and very grateful to be here today. Um, What I see in the last few paragraphs is that Bill's been racking his brain trying to understand what's changed to his friend. 
uh, I, I do that too. I work hard to understand and know what's going on with other people. In me, it's kind of part of running the show. If I understand everybody's view on things, then I can guide them the way I want to. And in this paragraph, he is aghast, shocked, appalled to find out religion is the culprit. And he quickly makes some snap judgments based on his prejudice. Do I identify with this? Oh, I really do. How I judged, oh yeah, I, I judged and felt smugly superior to the religious crowd till I got to a bottom. And mine was even slower than Bill's. <laughs> um, he was in, at the point, it sounds like, of a self-imposed crisis that he couldn't postpone or evade. And he had to fearlessly face the proposition that either God is everything or he is nothing. And he chose freedom, and he chose to share it with all of us. And for today, I hope I am choosing freedom and to share it with my fellows. Um, I couldn't identify with this paragraph more. And I'm so grateful that I can. Um, my life has changed immensely as a result of finding a higher power that I, I just couldn't even consider the possibility that uh, I, I became teachable. So I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful for this meeting. And uh, I passed. Well, thank you so much, Susan H. Okay, next up is Sally A. And Sally will be followed by Colleen N. Good morning, Sally. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for your service. This is Sally A. from New Jersey. Um, I love this paragraph. This section reminds me of when we meet our, our own personal Ebby. Um I really believe that was such a divine moment in my life because it was also like a previous uh, share. It was my brother who was a recovering drug addict at the time. And, you know, I felt sorry for him. I was taking him to get his hepatitis C treatments and, you know, feeling some type of way, like a superior feeling to him. Didn't realize that I was an addict also. Um, until that magical moment when he saw me in the car picking him up and I had a bag full of, I don't know, 20 White Castle hamburgers and we were on our way to New York City and um, he said to me, you know, he looked, before he even came into the car, he looked at me, he looked at the bag and then he looked over across the street at this homeless person and he said to me, um, would you want me with a bag of heroin right now? And I said, no, of course not. And he said, well, I don't want you to have your heroin either. And he grabbed the bag and he um, out of the car and he proceeded to give it to the homeless person across the street. And I wanted to kill him, as you know, with some <laughs> compulsive overeaters. But mind you, of course, I had some burgers before I picked them up anyway, so it wasn't that terrible. But I was just aghast. And then so angry at him. And, but by the time we got back from New York, he talked to me about the program of recovery and how I, too, had the same symptoms that he had and used food the same way he used heroin. And by the time we got back to New Jersey, I went to my first OA meeting that night. And it brings me to tears. 
because had it not been for a drug addict brother, I would have never heard of the program. I would have never known what to do. Um, and I wouldn't have known what I was and why I did what I did. So I'm so grateful for that moment. It's my absolute favorite part of the big book. So I needed to share. Thanks for letting me share. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us this morning, Sally. Um, next up, we've got Colleen N. And Colleen will be followed by Ginger C. Good morning, Colleen. Good morning, everyone. Um, wow, Sally, <laughs> I can totally relate to that. I was uh, a substance abuse counselor for most of my career, and then as of January, I had retired. And I was full of pride and ego of my own uh, illness. My diseased mind kept me in that stinking thinking that, well, I'm only this big. I'm not that big. And I would see people that have lost, you know, weight and and things, and I would think, oh, you know, I still look better than that. Or I just had this attitude of, and this ego about me that I didn't have a problem. It was just food. And like many of my 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 clients would say, well, I just used a little pot. It wasn't like I was shooting up. And I would go, uh, jug is a jug is a jug. And, and one day um, through my program, one of my, one of my clients had said, you're no different than we are. Your drug of choice is, you know, whatever food was on the counter at the time. And I was like, ha, 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 that's funny, but we're talking about you. And I just completely let my, my pride get in the way of even listening to some people that actually had recovered from from their own demons, and I wouldn't look at mine until COVID started and my daughter said, hey, you know, you, you've been eating like all day. What's happening? And coming to this program has been like shedding, shedding the skin, you know, shedding all that negative uh, energy and that stinking thinking that I had that I was better than them because I was teaching them something. They, they didn't know anything. I'm teaching them. They know. I, I know what to do. If they just do what I want them to do, they're going to be fine. And I couldn't even do what they were doing because I couldn't see my own my own disease my mind had convinced me that I was better I was superior and I wasn't sick so thank you Sally so much for sharing that it made my heart sing have a wonderful day everyone okay thank you Colleen and um, next up we've got Ginger C and Ginger will be followed by Christine M good morning Ginger Good morning, Melissa. Uh, thank you so much for your service. And good morning to all visionaries on the line. God's grace that we're all able to attend this meeting this morning, so giving credit where it's always due. But I am Ginger C. Recovered, compulsive overeater in Colorado. And um, yeah, powerful shared just a couple shares ago as well from Sally. And, and it really shows um, what each and every one of us we have an opportunity each and every day in the differences that we can make. So, you know, this paragraph is just really showing what can happen for all of us from practicing this practical program of action. And here we have Bill. He's unmindful. He's inconsiderate and selfish. And then Ebby, he's altruistic. He's selfless. 
and he's of service. So God's miracle, again, working, uh, is it odd or is it God that Bill or Ebby just happens to call Bill when he's at his bottom, his lowest point? Man, that's when we really have a great opportunity to have this person go in a direction that they've never even experienced. So again, my responsibility being in a fit spiritual condition each and every day the best I can imperfectly, but doing my best because again, I don't know who God's going to put in front of me. And I am just so grateful. My heart has been filling over this week with all these amazing shares on vision because this Ebby story, we all have one. We've all probably been one. But my Ebby, my amazing Ebby was my beginning. Absolutely. And she reached out to me in my bottom, similar to how Ebby found Bill, and she showed me that she cared. Her kindness and her persistence was absolutely felt, and a small seed of hope was planted by her thinking less of herself and more of me. And of course, I'm eating, and I didn't want to join yet, but it would only be a matter of time before I did. And it all began because she cared. She saw her best friend dying in the food, going to a place that she couldn't believe I was going. And she made the biggest difference because like Bill, I knew her eating. And to see these transformations happening, it was exciting. I was curious, what is going on? What is this vision for you that you won't stop texting me about? Of course, I was getting a little pissed, too, because I'm in the food. God, I don't want to hear this message. But thank God she reached out. That's all we have to do, one hand to another, one alcoholic to another. So life is about love and how we're showing up each and every day in our relationships. And if you want to have an amazing opportunity this weekend, join us. We are going to dive deep into the 12 traditions, a place that we sadly miss way too much. And it's going to be an amazing workshop. So if you want more information and you want to learn more and you want to connect the steps and the traditions for these relationships that we're all a part of, join us. Give me a call. And I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Thanks. Okay. Thank you, Ginger C. Thanks so much. Okay. Next up is Christine M. And then after Christine, we'll open the lines up again for sharing. So. Good morning, Christine. Good morning, Melissa. So good to hear you. This is Christine M. in Virgin, New York, a recovering overeater. Um, grateful for this beautiful fellowship. And this paragraph really resonates with me, having just joined OA in May. Um, I remember as a child how my mom would send us to church and my parents would stay home and we'd have to come back with the bulletin and the full report and I knew as a child that there was something really wrong with that and what was wrong was that you know I was being told God was there and we should be going to connect with him but why wasn't my parents with us and through the years going um Following the directions of my family, I'm kind of glad that I had that experience because even though I didn't identify with my religion at the time, I was brought up in a Catholic faith, 
I did have a connection with God that was internal and has resurfaced every day as I make my morning meditations now and I've reached out and talked to people in this amazing circle um, from Vision and people have reached out to me and how people that have made transformations in their lives was really jealous of for a long time. You know, you see them on social media and they and I just kept eating through my emotions uh, when I lost my mom and gaining weight, binging, purging, and it was in, insanity. Um, and I would listen to them. And so this paragraph really sits with me because, you know, but bless his heart, let him rant. I would hear these people that have made these transformations, whether it was spiritually or becoming physical fit and losing weight and I'd want what they'd have but my gin would last longer. My food would just keep giving me that instant gratification and I was always searching to feel better about myself but what I didn't see and now thankfully to this beautiful program and you fellows of my big book and God I've had that spiritual awakening and that I'll start tomorrow. No, I start now, today, in the morning, when I reach out and I do my prayer meditation, when I connect with my sponsor, no matter what's happening, shoot out a few messages in those phone calls. And um, living abstinent. So with that, I pass. Thank you for your service. Thank you, Christine. Thank you so much for sharing. Okay, so I'm going to open up the lines again for sharing. Um, We're on page 9, the fifth paragraph. I was aghast. We'll be reading one paragraph only, and if you've shared on Wednesday or Thursday, we just ask that you hold back. So who else would like to share? Larry G. Karen K. I'm sorry. Jennifer C. There was someone right after Larry whose last name was K. Karen K. Karen K. Kelly P. Jennifer C. Kelly, was it G or P? P is Peter. Kelly P. And was it a Jennifer? Jennifer C. Jennifer C. Laura L. Say that again, something L. Laura L. Is it Laura or Laura? Yes, Laura Okay, it's my New York, uh, I'm probably saying it my New York way. Uh, so I've got Larry G., Karen K., Kelly P., Jennifer C., Laura L. Is there someone else, someone I missed? Got room for another here. Don't be shy. Crystal P. Laurel B. And I got Laurel. Crystal P and Laurel B. Okay, great. All right, Larry G., would you get us started, please? Press star one to unmute Larry. Yeah, this is Larry G. from Northern California, and thank you for service. Um, 
man, you guys rock. I mean, you guys rock. Uh, they, these messages are like, your message are like medicine for me. Um, and I get that woman who was crying. One of our members is crying. I, I get it. I've been coming since May. And I swear on a stack of big book, every time we read, our book is meant to be suggested only. I cry. I cry every single time. I, I especially cry when I, we say, ask him in your morning meditation what we can do uh, for the man who's still sick. Um, because it was all about me before I came to this program. Um, I, 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 I happen to think, I don't know, it's, it's my, just my guess that um, Bill, <clears throat> Bill W. is done. Um, I was done. On May 17th, I think Bill W. is done. I, I don't think he had more fight him. I didn't have more fight in me. Um, if you would have stuck a caliprod in me, you wouldn't have got a any kind of any kind of um, reaction. And uh, if you said to me, you know, Larry, you know, you're gonna, we want you at 12, 12 o'clock at night to go to Mount Tapalpius, that's in California. And there's a trampoline up there. We want you to get on that trampoline at full moon and recite the the um, this prayer. I would have done it. I was that ready, um, and I've said yes to everything my sponsor has told me. And I, man, I'm telling you, if if you're a newcomer out there, uh, what do you got to lose? I mean, put two feet in this program. I have finally put two feet into over years anonymous. I've been around for many many years. Um, I remember my sponsor last year uh, rather than say, Larry, why don't you go to more than one meeting a week? And I would say, you know, I'm cross addicted. I'm in many fellowships. If I was everything that, that you're asking me, I wouldn't have time. I'm in five meetings a week plus Sunday. Um, if that's what it takes, I'll go to seven meetings a week. Um, got religion. I don't care what you call it, but um, you have saved my life. I'll tell you what visions have done for me that, um, was lacking was I've connected to God. I am in two other fellowships. I give myself to God in this program. When I came to my food, oh no, God, you stay away from this. I'll take care of this. I got this. And what has happened in visions is that connection to God where each day I am praying like my hair is on fire that I can stay absent that day. Uh, today I can say I'm recovered. I'm entirely absent from um, from compulsive food behaviors and compulsive food um, and I can wake up a free man from the obsession. Thank you, Visions. Thank you, Big Book. And thank you for those who serve. I, I, um, I pass. Thank you so much, Larry J. Okay, next up we've got Karen K. And Karen will be followed by Kelly P. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. My name is Karen K. from Syracuse, New York. I'm a recovered compulsive eater, and my credits don't transfer. And thank you, everybody, for their service. And the reason why I say my credits don't transfer is all the time I was in AA and Al-Anon and coming into OA, it just, the, the, the big book is just so much more clear to me, you know. And I like the part where, um, in the, in, in the uh, Bill's story where he writes, um, no, he had that starry-eyed look. Yes, the old, bad, the old boy was on fire, all right. Well, that's what the people in the other fellowships are saying that about me because they don't really know what they're getting now because things are so different. And I'm so grateful for a vision for you 
because you see, I was going to uh, local meetings, and and that that helped me keep the food down. That was okay, you know. Um, I felt a little freer, but coming into a vision for you has showed me and demonstrated to me entire abstinence, uh, surrender even on a deeper level, and to give everything to my God. I am so grateful for um, all my teachers, all of you guys are all my teachers, everyone that um, I've had the privilege and honor to, to work with. And some of the women that were getting that uh, clearing up phase of the first um, 48 hours, I would I would zoom in on a call with them and see what they looked like. And then, like, by the time they get to their, like, their fifth step, which is probably, like, day four or five, and they're, like, sitting up and they're smiling, their eyes are clear, that's God. That's, that's OA. That's the fellowship. That's where the starry-eyed look comes from. And by the time day seven comes, they've completed the steps and they've been taught and learned how to um to be a sponsor to to let go to pass this on to others so they also have that starry-eyed look and with that i'll pass okay thank you thank you karen k next up is kelly p and kelly will be followed by jennifer c good morning kelly Good morning. I'm Kelly, a compulsive overeater, and I am looking forward to saying when I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, This paragraph is great because I came into OA, not that I didn't need to lose weight, but I came in to find my higher power. And um, because I had 15 years of recovery and I knew something um, something was missing. And that first sentence, I was aghast. I was aghast when I found out that I was a compulsive overeater. Um, it never, ever occurred to me. Um, now, of course, they say if, you, if you're an alcoholic and you walk into an AA room, you're definitely an alcoholic. <laughs> and um, I guess that was the same thing for me. Um, and then the other thing that I really caught on to uh, was really when he was, when Ebby was talking about religion, Bill was just like, eh, go for it. I don't really care. I've got my um, alcohol. For me, it's like, yeah, whatever you want to talk about, just give me my food. Or I would say, okay, I need, while they're still talking, I walk away from them, get my food and come back. And that was kind of rude. Um, the other thing that I got out of this was, um, my food would last longer than preaching. Isn't that the truth? I made sure I had food everywhere. And sometimes it was hidden and sometimes it wasn't. And I got caught by my husband several times. He said, Kelly, you just ate a half gallon of ice cream right now. And he's like, maybe we shouldn't have ice cream in the house. I said, okay, a week later, it was in the house. Or during that week, I would also replace it with something else while I was waiting for my ice cream hit. And, um, you know, that's what this gives to me. It gives me an idea that um, what I was like, and I am new to the program, and so I am writing about my food history. I didn't think I had a food history um, until I started writing about it and talking to my sponsor about it, and it's amazing what comes up when I write versus when I talk about it. Um, I definitely have a food history, and that food history um, got me here, 
And if I continue going the same way I was going, I would have died or I could die still if I pick up that um, next compulsive bite. So that's all I got. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much, Kelly P. Next up is Jennifer C. And Jennifer will be followed by Laura L. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. Jennifer C. Recovered in Greenville, South Carolina. So grateful for this uh, meeting this morning. This paragraph just makes me um, just makes me think, you know, I had religion. Um, I had faith. I was the evangelist reeking of alcohol, like the 12 and 12 talks about. Um, I believed in God. I believed in the power of prayer. I believed in miracles and redemption. And all it led to was more and more demoralization. Because what I needed most was humility, and I needed to accept that the spirituality I had up until that point was keeping me sick. It was keeping me blocked from a real uh, spiritual solution. Uh, the 12 and 12, you know, calls it wallowing in emotionalism. You know, I was spiritual and faithful as long as I felt spiritual and faithful, and then I was insane. Um, you know, I was spiritual until I was insane. My step one uh, was not an intellectual exercise. I thought I had taken step one so many times. I couldn't understand what I wasn't getting. I kept having these awful, disgusting bottoms with food. Um, and I'd say to myself with face and vomit, you know, this has to be it. This has to be my bottom. Um, and you know how I knew when I took step one? It had nothing to do with the nature of my last bench. Uh, my last binge was not my worst binge. It was when I threw my hands up and I really started to embrace the reality that food could no longer be an option. If I can't pay my bills today, I, I know robbing a bank is not on the table. Um, if eating is still on the table, if I still think that I can get in the ring with this disease, should I eat, shouldn't I eat, should I eat, shouldn't I eat, my disease is going to win every single time. Um, it wasn't until I knew that I couldn't get in the ring. My only option is to reach for help. My only option is to admit that I cannot get in the ring, that I have lost the mental defense. I won't be able to remember the vomit. I will only remember the ease and comfort. I won't remember uh, with sufficient force the torture, the unbearable pain of being in the middle of a spree, listening to podcasts while I'm binging and hoping that something's going to, you know, click. Um, my faith needed to be poured into this program. Uh, no matter where you are with faith, immerse yourself in program let this program show you that it works and that the food really does lose its power when you stop getting in the ring and you start letting your fellows help you to stay out of the ring uh, we don't entertain whether or not we're going to eat we take action and we don't stop taking action because i know today that faith without works is dead faith it won't be enough to help me recover i need this program and i need to immerse myself in it thanks for letting me share have a great day and with that i pass Oh, thank you so much, Jennifer C. Okay, next up is Laura L. And Laura will be followed by Crystal P. Good morning, Laura. Good morning. My name is Laura L. And I'm from Pennsylvania. Um, I could definitely relate to everyone's shares, especially um, the reading that we read with Bill being a guest. Um, I was a guest when I came into OA. Um, it was definitely the last stop on the bus for me. Um, I had failed. I had tried to throw conventional medicine at my disease. Um, and it, I can't say it had failed me, but I had failed. Um, it, it just did not work. 
Um, and the only reason I really came to LA is because I was out of health insurance and could no longer continue with any of the, the other things that I was doing. Um, I was a guest and they told me there was a spiritual solution. Um, that was just awful. The, the idea that God was going to help me, I thought for sure I was screwed, you know, that I could get a better deal than God and um, that God was going to rip me off because he didn't show up thus far, you know, and help me. Um, you know, or it says in the big book about the dilemma, you know, that I have this problem that I can't solve and a solution I don't want. I really did not want the only solution. Um, but the truth is that by 19 years old, I was almost dead from something, you know, that I was sure that I just did not have. I was sure I was not a compulsive reader. I mean, I'll be anything but a compulsive reader. I'll be a heroin addict. I mean, I will be anything, but I'm not going to be a compulsive reader. Um, but by 19 years old, you know, I'm, I end up with four mental diagnoses on six different psychiatric medication trials. I'm, you know, hospitalized against my own will for an overdose because of the pain of eating, you know, because when eating is awful and not eating is awful, you know, and food burns me every single time, but I can never see that. I only just remember the big, the good times, just like it says in the big book. Um, I tried every therapy there was in our child therapy, CBT, you know, all the psychoanalysis, every single thing. I remember being in the one eating disorder hospital and, and then telling my mother at 19, the social worker said, this is it. And she should apply for disability. And, this, and my mom said, that's it? Like, your da- my daughter's going to be on pills for the rest of her life and, and be in and out of these places? And, and she said, yeah. And then her only other choice was electric shock therapy. And I remember going to an OA meeting at that, um, at that hospital and finding women there. And they said that, well, perhaps may- maybe, you know, maybe, they didn't say this, but maybe you're not mentally ill. Maybe you're spiritually sick. And if you took this, the treatment for spiritual sickness, which is the 12 steps, maybe you'll get better. And I'm telling you, I took the 12 steps and I was just, absolutely changed my life. Um, and the other thing is, you know, I did not have compulsive overeater. You know, I, I was taught, you know, I heard a man say where well, he caught it. He caught it at OA meetings. It enters in, the infection takes place at the meetings. It enters in through the ears and then infects the rest of the body. He says, and if you catch a compulsive overeater, overeating, you'll live. And if you don't, you'll die. So all you've got to do is catch it. So you could take the, the, the program of action and take the cure for it. Um, and for me, you know, I definitely, I believe what it says in the big book, if you ate like a mad dog, you got to recover like a mad dog. And I have to always remember that I'm powerless over food and that my life is on the line because that will fade and the ego will rebuild. So thank you all for this meeting. And I pass. Oh, thank you so much, Laura L. Thank you for sharing. Okay, next up is Crystal T. And Crystal will be followed by Laurel B. Good morning, Crystal. Good morning, Melissa. Good morning. I'm Crystal. I'm a compulsive overeater in Toronto. Um, what stood out to me was when I look at um, Bill's reaction, all he heard um, Eddie say was, I've got religion, and he saw a look in his eyes, and he immediately played out the next three hours of his life, and he knew exactly what Eddie meant by that, why Eddie meant it, you know, what he was going to say, that obviously he's going to spend the next few, you know, hours ranting, and I'll just spend my time drinking. He, he's so sure he knows how things are going to go. And it doesn't even matter that just just before Eddie came over, his complete life is in shambles. It doesn't matter. He just, he's able to look at the situation and think, oh, I, I, I know how this is all going to play out. And I do the same thing. It's, yeah. Uh, with Good morning. I didn't know if you were playing on park in there. Here? Yeah. Oh. Is there a problem? Yeah, we got the buses coming in. Today. Oh, they are. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for letting me know. Okay, bye. Crystal P, could you um, please unmute? Can you tell me what page? Excuse me. 
or page nine, the fifth paragraph, but Crystal, you were in the midst of sharing and you, you got interrupted and cut off. So if you could press star one and you can come back in. We've still got plenty of time for you. Hi, Melissa. Can you hear me? I can. I can. I'm going to kind of start the clock because it got cut. So go ahead. Okay. Go right ahead. Okay. Thank you. Um, so I was just saying that I'm, I'm, I hear people say just one line, and I'm so sure I know what they mean and what it's going to mean for me. I hear my, you know, my parents say, hey, do you have some time this weekend? And I'll automatically think, oh, they're, they're going to try and take advantage of me. I need to protect myself. I'll hear a colleague say, you know, make a comment, and I'll automatically assume, oh, they're that kind of colleague. I need to be careful of them. Or I'll hear an OA member say something, and immediately I'll put them in a box of like, oh, this is either a really hardcore OA member or they're just, oh, don't, don't consider anything that they say. Just block them out, you know. I'm always so sure I know what things are going to play like, and it doesn't even matter that my life is completely unmanageable. I couldn't even manage my own life up to the age of 33, and I think I know everything. Um, I, I, can all, I always find an ability to go above everything and kind of look down like as if I'm observe, this intellectual observer of life, and I can see beyond what other people can see. Um, and I think it's because I'm just so full of fear. I have to always predict what's going to happen because I can't just be in the moment. I can't just hear Eddie say, you know, oh, I got religion and ask, oh, that's interesting. Like, what do you mean by that? Like, is it helping you? When did this happen? How did it happen? Tell me more and just genuinely be interested because I have to think, how is this going to affect me? He's probably going to try and make me do something that I don't want to do. And when I live in that kind of fear, I have to always know what's going to happen. But today in program, I don't have to live like that. In fact, every time I'm so sure I know what's going to happen, I, can, I know for sure I don't. Whatever I'm thinking is most likely wrong, and I can just set it aside and just wait and see. A fellow once said to me, I don't know is a safe space held by God. And I love that today. I, even if I don't know, it's good. I can just be open to see what happens. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you. Thank you so much, Crystal P., for sharing. Okay, next up is Laurel B. Good morning, Laurel. Hi. Good morning, Melissa. Thank you so much for your service. This is Laurel B., a recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago, Illinois. Um, when I read this paragraph, I thought Bill was um, skeptical of Abby's newfound faith, and he, I felt he responded a little sarcastically, but as we know from the history of AA, this is probably the moment when the seed is planted that there needs to be a power greater than ourselves in order to achieve abstinence. Um, who knows, had Bill not had that encounter with Abby, the 12-step program might look a little different. I'm so grateful they had that encounter so that the second and third step are right where they belong. And um, so I had an Abby in my life, my, and my sponsor impressed upon me how, how important it is to be an Evie in somebody else's life, that this program um, moves forward by passing it forward and um, telling others how, how I have recovered and giving them my um, experience, strength, and hope. So this paragraph means a lot to me, and uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. 
Thank you so much, Laurel. Okay, we've got time for one more share. So one more three-minute share. So who would like to share? Chris M. Chris M. All right, Chris M. Good morning. What you have to say? Good morning. Go right ahead. This is Chris M. Calling from the Hudson Valley in New York. Um, this, I've been listening and listening and thinking. You know, I really want to share about this. But I don't know what I want to say, and I just realized um, that I've been in the program. Actually, it's this this kind of this week ish marks my 34th year in OA. I believe I came in in 1986, 23 years old. And um, I loved the idea that it was spiritual. I was, I had been trying to get a relationship with God since I was a child. I was raised Catholic and loved Jesus and loved religion. And I went to Catholic school for a few years. And although I was terrified to be there, because of how it was run, I just love the whole mystique about God. I just thought, like, God is great, and um, I loved that idea. And and unfortunately, I basically feel like I lived in step one for the last 34 years in this program, and um, really wasn't until I got into vision where I realized that Aside from being a great idea that, oh, yeah, this whole idea of God and, and higher power and, and helping me, like, that really took the edge off for me. That gave me a sense of relief to know that was there. But I never really understood how to fully develop that relationship until now, thank God. Um, so I am so happy to be living in all the other steps now. I'm almost done with step 12, and I feel like I am um, – just about recovered, you know, I guess that will be revealed to me um, when it will be revealed to me that I feel that I am recovered. But yeah, I feel like I lived in step one. It's all about the admitting my perilous over food, powerlessness over food and staying abstinent. Uh, and of course, um, I failed, you know. Um, may have had some moments of, and sometimes of uh, abstinence and, and uh, good body um, weight. But nothing else beyond that, you know, nothing that really would, would make me be a recovered person managing my managing my life uh, properly. So um, that's it. Thank you, everyone. And I. Okay, thank you so much, Chris. Um, thank you to everyone who shared. Um, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today's meeting, this is the 7 a.m. meeting, October 2nd. The share ID is 15469. That's 15469. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Susan H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thanks, Melissa. Thank you. This is Susan again, and our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. 
Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.